Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. I'm the great and powerful mystery. And I'm Jellyfish Jam and Jay. And I'm Enchanted Emily. And this week we are joined by our special guest, co-host of the Kill, or, oh, sorry, co-host to Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, member of the band Van Tesla, and producer, or member of Merkel Media. Uh, as you know, I'm horrible at reading everybody at home, <laughs> but our great friend, Joel Thomas. Say hi, Joel. Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, we're living the dream, even though I can't read a sticky note. <laughs> you practice. You That's why everybody everybody it. at home loves when I don't when I mess up reading. I know they do. What? So that's why they love every episode. Every episode because I mess up something. Uh, sorry about that, Joel. No, you're good, man. You're good. So I'm going to tell the quick story of how we kind of met Joel met, met you uh, before we get rocking and rolling. Uh, yeah, cool. Joel is an amazing guy, and I have a fun little tidbit that, despite Eric, okay. at the end of the story, you you guys remember? I'm sure. Don't fill up on bread. Oh gosh. Uh, so we met at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference through Eric. Um, but yeah, we hung out the fire. We at the, I think it was Saturday night. Was the night we were all using adult beverages, and right. we got on some amazing conversation uh, our yeah, good friend did. jimmy Wu got involved <laughs> and jimmy Wu's stories were actually on joel's podcast kill the mockingbirds uh so go listen to that because i've never shared those on our podcast so Correct. that's the only place you can hear those experiences uh but i gave joel and i should ask this beforehand but your girlfriend right right yes uh a flask and t-shirts and what was funny is I did not know this, but Eric, your friend before, had not given you a single uncomfortable T-shirt. Wow! And <laughs> you made the comment, and I've never let Eric let it. I've never let it go. And it's always something that's uh, made me smile. because <laughs> we met you, I'm like, we gotta. I'm like Emily, we gotta give them T-shirts. They're awesome. Yeah. Hey, we gotta give it to him at the next conference too. You know, it's, oh we're yeah, not gonna let up on him. Oh yeah, he, he can't. I'm gonna wear your shirt <laughs> to his conference day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he'd be so. I'll he... wear your shirt and walk in with the flask. There oh, we go. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be awesome. I'll walk. I'll walk past him and walk over to you guys and be like, feeling real special today, guys. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's gonna funny. be so much fun. And once again, he's talking about the Michigan Bigfoot and Brews event. Uh, we actually gave tickets away on our podcast for that. Uh, nice. James Hill is the one joining us. Him and his, I believe his wife are joining oh, us. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so we're excited for that. But you're a very... So I gave the little bit of list, even though I misread it, of your accomplishments. <laughs> uh, but you also have another set of accomplishments we haven't mentioned. You've done, like, basically film documentaries. Uh, some really fun ones. 
But we're specifically going to talk about your Dog Man documentary. Yeah. So I guess Dog Man, I guess for me, is the cryptid I believe in that I am probably most scared of. They're they're up there with skinwalkers and stuff like that. Right. I think personally, before we get into it, I think they're very either demonic in nature or very summoned in nature. Uh, they can be bad dudes. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I think there's never really a positive experience that comes along with running into a dog man. Yeah. So draw that line where you will. Big, like, a lot, like I 100% agree. A lot of Bigfoot experiences are mostly neutral. Yeah. Not scary, not horrible, but not positive. They're like, oh, crap, a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dog man are always at least somewhat scary from everything I've re- we've researched. It's like, oh, crap, a guy. I better go hit I better him. gut him. Yeah. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Yeah. And then, but yeah, so you did a full documentary, and where did that take place? Uh, Daniel Boone uh, National Forest in Kentucky. And that's a national forest that's been pretty split between Dogman and, and Bigfoot sightings. Correct, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that's been seen back there. So the guy that was our guide when we were there, he, it all started from an episode um, by Tony Merkel from the confessionals. It's called dog versus dog, man. I encourage anybody to go listen to it. It's a wild, wild story about his first encounter running up on a dog, man, when he was 14 years old. Oh, wow. While he was out, while he was out hunting in the middle of the night with his granddad. So we're not talking about during the daytime. Mm. Um, he was out in the middle of the night with his dogs and ran up on this thing. What didn't really know what it was at first until it raised up on two legs. And it was probably in the seven to eight foot range. Um, he said it was just, in, you know, most terrifying thing he's ever seen. Um, he's had two run-ins with dogmen dogmen since he's you know been out there he had one at 14 and then when he was like i think close to 20 um but it was a little different it was he was hunting in the woods he came up out of the woods hit the road and when he did it came up out of the woods and hit the road on the other like probably 50 feet in front of him looked at him and then just kept going up like it really wasn't concerned with him Mm -hmm. Uh, he was just moving it along um but he has not been back to that specific spot since he was 14 because of that incident. This was the first time that he had ever been back there. Um, you know, he came on Tony's show, uh, really just kind of spawned from, from that. Uh, you know, Tony wanted to start this. I mean, he's, he's a very driven guy, so he's got a lot of stuff that he wants to be involved with, and he wanted to build this cryptid team that hunts down strange cryptids and not just cryptids too because we get into a lot of other things treasure hunting and just run the gambit um but he really wanted to do this because kyle said that he trusted him enough to take him out there now he would not be out there with us at night so that was one <laughs> thing he told us one stipulation with. that was the one stipulation um in saying that we did go out there at night deep into the woods uh, so we did all the crazy stuff that most people wouldn't do. So, uh, yeah, so we met Kyle out there, uh, how it really happened with me was really weird. So how I met Tony was 
a, just a weird chain of events. Uh, you know, he runs this big podcast and my really good friend, Mark, he does uh, a lot of my production in music and he's heard a lot of Tony's podcast and Tony does delve into conspiracies and stuff. So he just on the off chance DM'd him and was like, Hey, I think you should check these guys out. I've done some production and Tony tells it better than I do, but apparently he was taking a crap and <laughs> he saw this pop up and he was just like, why not? He was like, people sing music all the time. He's like, generally speaking, it's pretty awful. So he's like, you know, whatever. And he said he listened to it and instantly he was like, oh my God, these guys are great. And he went down to his studio, listened to the rest of the album, instantly started following me and reached out. He was like, man, I really love your stuff. Do you care if I play it? Like on my radio show at the time, he was on a uh, radio show that was underground. It was like a uh, internet radio show and mm, you know, cool. kind of let you say what you wanted to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he played it on there. I was about to put out a new EP with Quan, and we kind of coordinated it to where I went to Philly, where he used to live. He lives in Tennessee now. We went to Philly. Uh, I went in studio with him, and uh, we I did a whole confessional show because I've got a lot of like interesting uh, stuff to talk about. I've seen you know UFOs, crazy experiences with like the paranormal. So we had a lot of good stuff for the confessionals there, and me being a former Freemason, so a lot of that stuff kind of came into play, um, but. Um, we built a relationship off of that and ended up, you know, he talked to me, said, Hey, you think you could do a song for my podcast? I was like, yeah, for sure. You know, I'll do something as long as it fits kind of like what I do and then fits you too. So I did a song called Bigfoot, which I actually had him featuring, um, at the beginning, kind of doing the monologue to bring it in. Um, so he hits me up in August and he's like, Hey man, I don't know if it's really your style. He's like, but this team I was building had some guys back out and I, you know, I don't know if it's even your thing. I know you're into like, you know, exposing deep state and all that. He's like, but I don't know if like, you'd be down. I was like, dude, like you're talking up my like tree right now. Like, I don't really <laughs> think you know how much I get into cryptids. Like I grew up in the North Georgia mountains. Like, um, you know, people see me, they think like this guy's a rapper, you know, they automatically think city, but that's not, I grew up in the country. So like I grew up like, I mean, we had brown bears that would walk out in front of the house. Like when I'd walk outside, we would just see bears like all, you know, it was very normal. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I never really thought anything about it until I got older and realized like I had a pretty cool childhood. Like, like, man, I used to roam the mountains. I think back on it. I'm like, man, like my parents would just let me leave and I would be gone all day and roaming these mountains with like some dogs and like my best friend. And we would just, you know, like things I wouldn't even think about. And I was mm -hmm. about, like, man, I was so cool. But like, you know, I saw mountain lions. There's just all kinds of things that I never right. really like, you know, like I look back on, I was like, yeah, pretty cool, like childhood. But it gave me like a whole different uh, love for, for nature and animals and something that I've kept with me to this day. And I told, I didn't even hesitate. I was like, yeah, like I'm totally in. He's like, I mean, do you have, you know, any artillery? And I was like, who are you talking to right now? Like, <laughs> yes. like so that's definitely coming to, uh, yeah. And that's kind of how the, the team really came together, like in an odd way. Like he, the, one of the filmmakers, he has done a lot of stuff for Nat Geo and a lot of these things. So he had been on the show though, talking about treasure hunting. Um, he's actually been on, uh, I think it was National Geographic. One of the one of the, or Discovery. He did a he was on a treasure hunting show talking about treasure. 
Um, and Ward, he's, uh, he's, he's the other camera guy. He actually now shoots a lot of my music videos, but he is a great camera guy, but you know, he's, uh, deep into Jay. You'd love him. He, this guy <laughs> knows everything of intricately about stuff. We joke around like this guy knows more about like demons and angels than anybody should ever know. Like, mm. man, he can tell you from some Latin text from like, you know, 800. You right. know what I mean? Like oh. just some crazy stuff, man. A guy can break stuff down in a whole different way. But the team, we don't know. We didn't know each other outside of Tony. None of us knew each other. Hmm. So we had all been on the show, his show. <laughs> That's the only kind of common bond that we had. Mm-hmm. So we come, we come there, we meet each other for the first time. We don't know how it's going to work out. Is it going to work out? We don't know. We're there to hopefully, you discover, you know, discover something, have an experience, um, which we did, which, you know, probably one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life um, actually happened on this trip. So, uh, you know, we meet Kyle, you know, Kyle's straight up good old boy, like really good dude, um, hunter through and through tracker mm-hmm. expert tracker too. So, you know, he could, we would be walking around and he was like, hey, you see this right here. This is how, you know, the, the paw marks here work with like the claws. This is probably what this is. So it was, it was very unique having him there to help us. Um, and you know, we're just running gun shooting words, what running around the camera. Uh, Christian has one on him in case, but he's kind of, you know, directing it as much as you can, because right. this is reality. Right. So it's, you know, at least he knows what we should be doing. So at least it's going to look good on camera and he knows kind of what we should be doing. Uh, not that anything was fabricated. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we get out there that first day and we're like, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out this evening. We're not going to go out at night. You know, obviously Kyle's not going to go out there with us tonight. He's like, no, he's like, we can't do that. <laughs> he's like, but we'll, we'll come out, you know, we'll go take a look. He's like, I'll take you to my second encounter, which is like, it's right off the road. You don't have to go that far because um, we were staying at a uh, at a cabin site um, that was on the on, on the Daniel Boone National Forest, so it wasn't far from everything that we needed to get to. So a lot of this stuff was kind of close by. Uh, so Kyle takes us out there, and in this area, and this was like like you said, his early like twenties. Uh, he ran into this dog man that came out on the road and looked at him and ran across and up this hill but when you see the hill for the first time you hear him tell the story but when you see it this thing is straight up and down like it's <laughs> not it's not Basically a, a cliff uh, slanted yeah it's not it's like it's straight up and down like you know what 90 degrees like it, it, uh-huh. it it's nuts except for like a few jagged rocks. So even Ward like walked over there and I did and just kind of like put our hands on, like how hard would it be for us to climb up it? It'd be tough. Right. I don't know if I could do it. Um, you thinking about it. I mean, maybe if my life depended on it, but it wouldn't be easy and it wouldn't be like you just went like a casual like, stroll up it. Yeah. Yeah. He said this thing, like walked out on two legs, looked at him and then just, shot up the up this hill um so he takes us this area first (laughs) so we we get out in the woods you know it's real quiet out there we we hear some kind of weird sounds we don't know i mean i don't try to get 
too deep into that because you can psych yourself out and make yourself right. think a lot. Your brain can think, you know, especially if you're out there looking for this stuff. We've talked about a lot about that. Like people don't know what porcupines sound like. I've been in Michigan around porcupines, and they mm-hmm. make crazy sounds. Yeah. And that's just one example we always use. Is like if you don't know what that is, that might as well be a Bigfoot or whatever, you know, because it's an animal you don't get to the chance to hear very often. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry to interrupt. And, and no, you're good, and you're absolutely right about that because that's something that if people haven't been out in the woods that much, I mean, fortunately enough for me. I grew up, you know, around the woods. I understand a lot of that. Right. Now, granted, you know, it's not like the back of my hand. I was never a hunter. So, like, that part of that world of hunting, not that I've never been hunting, I have, but it's just, just wasn't for me. Like, hunt, hunt, everybody's got stuff they like to do. Hunting was cool, but it wasn't, like, something that I wanted to pursue. Right. Um. You know, I just enjoyed, like, you know, camping and being out of the woods. And, you know, I love that part of nature. Like, mm-hmm. not that, not that. I don't think hunting's important and maybe you know coming up in the near future or hopefully not but like in the future <laughs> at some point maybe people need to know how to hunt considering a lot of things going on in the world but it may be an story. option that needs to come back <laughs> right. more as a priority not a, <laughs> no, a a fun sport yes right exactly so again we've got kyle out there he knows the woods like he understands sound so of course you know he, he's with us so if he's saying something doesn't sound right, which he did, then something's probably not right, mm-hmm. right? Unless he's just tricking us, which I never got that impression from him. Oh, he seemed like a very, really up and down kind of guy. For mm-hmm. me, watching it, I, I'll 100% agree. I don't think, and I don't think so. I think he was honest as as can be. Yeah. Um. So we get out there and we end up finding a track, and this track. Guys, I don't even know what to say about how big this track was. And it was – so Kyle, we're out there, and I don't remember if it was Kyle that found it or if somebody found it and then Kyle walked over. But he said, man, this is big. He's like, it looks canine. And that's just coming out of his mouth. Um, I've got a decently long hand. Like, right. I, I don't have, like, a small hand. And my hand fit inside of it. Oh, wow. So – that's really really weird we actually do it in the uh in the documentary where i put my hand in it and we actually put uh i think a pin or something next to it so you can get a gauge of like how big it is and it's like almost like the length of maybe like a i don't know another half of the pin or maybe even two pins Mm -hmm. it's really big uh even he's kind of blown away with it he's like look i'm not saying (laughs) that it's a dog man print. He's like, but it very well could be. He's like, if it's not, maybe it's some sort of mountain lion. He's like, because maybe, you know, the claws are attracted and it's not getting that, you know, it, he said, but he's like the, cause here's the thing. Cats claws retract, right? right. Mm-hmm. Dogs don't. Mm-hmm. There, there was definitely some like claw prints. Now he said it could be that he had them out at that point too. He's just throwing out, Right, the you devil's know, the, advocate. The logical explanation, yeah, the, the 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 devil's advocate on it. But from all indications, it looked very canine, and that was huge. Like, you don't see stuff like that running around the woods. No. How many toes did that print have? Uh, Sorry. Man, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, to be honest with you. 
Um, and that was, well, I can say that he said that it was typical canine. So I think it did have four, if I remember right. It was four. It's been since right. May since I watched any of the documentary. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think it was four. But that, that immediately puts it away from being a bear. And Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what I want to make people at home think, because I know some of our... We have, we have a lot of biologist listeners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing they'll bump to is a bee and a bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a canid track, even a big cat track, only has four toes. Uh, well, here was the other issue with it, too, that will kind of take the bear thing out. It was how long the print was. Right. And it wasn't as fat as a bear print would be, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as wide. It didn't have that wide print to it. It was It was longer. So it had this kind of you know, more of a dog, you know, print feel yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we obviously took pictures and video of it and it made the documentary for sure. So that was just our first like day out there where it was like, man, we're already seeing some weird stuff. So that got us pretty hyped for the next day. So the next day was going to be one of our big treks in to the area where Kyle first ran into this dog man and i'm not going to tell kyle's story because i i feel like it's better if you hear kyle tell it and mm-hmm. he's kyle's one of these guys that and you you get you've seen the documentary mm-hmm. he's just got a sense of humor and just the way that he talks about stuff that you know it's very colorful and he could tell it way better than i do so i, I encourage people to go and and listen to dog versus dog man over at the confessionals to get context to what i'm saying and the guy that we met out there um so yeah we end up getting up in the morning we meet him out there the next day and we're well the night before and i want to retract real quick but the night no, before okay. we want to go to the area that he went to just to see because he says that every year around a certain time they unlock this gate so you can drive your trucks way back there hmm. um into the Daniel Boone uh, National Forest during hunting season. Oh, so mm, okay. They'll do that to make it more accessible yeah. for the hunters to get back there. And there's a lot of roads back there. And now I want to specify by these roads. These are not like paved roads. <laughs> these are not great roads right. at all. Like right. just like stone, you know, not even like gravel. We're Road talking, is a rough know, word when you're describing More like trail. Road. Trail at this point. There you go. Trail that like trucks have been back on Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean yeah me and emily lived in wayne national forest for a little bit and they had the exact same things then you know that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 road is a very loose term there's no trees in it right (laughs) right yeah Yeah, 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 it's a path with no trees well and a crazy and i'm gonna get to that because there's a weird experience of that and this did not make the documentary so some of the stuff i am going to tell today was not in the documentary because it was like pure speculation and right you know weird things and not everything's going to make a documentary right it's just yeah. not how it works not that weird stuff wasn't happening consistently so we start we get there kyle's like really distraught he's guys that it was locked the gate was locked so it's we got an option right we either don't do it and scrap it which we're not doing or <laughs> right. we go hiking deep into the woods which is miles and miles and miles I think by the end of this trip, we realized we hiked a total of like 22 to 24 oh, miles. Oh, wow. Over like a, over like a three-day period. I'd be cutting a lock. I would be crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were pretty – man, I'll tell you what. I was sore. 
sore. I bet. That trip, man. Oh my god. I'm sorry you're describing it. (laughs) He's cramping up just listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and not only that, um, not only that, but uh, uh, it was raining off and on this whole trip. Mm. So you had that whole aspect of it being Mm. wet. And, you know, you're just getting wet being out in the woods, too. So you come back and you're just soaked. And even though we had, like, you know, uh, clothing, you know, to repel, you know, all that, frog togs, all that stuff, man, it's still, you know, you're still getting wet. Yeah. You're, you're deep out there. So he's like, he feels really bad. I'm like, dude, just relax. Like, if you're good to hike, we're good to hike. And he's like, no, I'll totally go hike. He's like, we got to leave at a certain time, though, depending on how far we are out there. He's like, because I know if it gets to a certain point in the day, how it, depending on where we're at, how long it's going to take for us to get back so I'm not out there at night. He's like, I just can't be out there at night. So we we say, that's cool. So we get up in the morning. Um, he meets us over at the cabin. We go down there. Uh, we start hiking in. So we got, like, a lot of equipment with us. Uh, I, you know, it's crazy just thinking about Ward, like he was carrying a camera that he's shooting with on one arm while he's like carrying an AR, you know, around him, you know, as well. So, and then I'm carrying a, a shotgun and and really like an idiot. I didn't have a strap. So like, I'm literally like carrying a shotgun. I was walking with a shotgun in my hands for 22 to 24 miles. Oh, wow. nuts. My arms are also super sore too. I might be carrying um, a cinder block. Yeah, no, it was. It felt like it by the end for sure. Um, so we we get in there and we start hiking back, and we get to a place where there's a fork, and he's like, "Okay, if we go this way, there's this uh, like reservoir, these man-made reservoirs that they actually uh, build out in the Daniel Boone National Forest. They build these reservoirs and they keep water in these reservoirs for the animals. So they actually build these reservoirs to, I don't really know the true purpose of it. I, I know it's supposed to be to uh, give like water basins for, for animals to get to that they mm. can't get to the lake or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know if it is for hunting. I know a lot of hunters know about them. So they yeah. know like animals will be there. Um, he said it would be a good place to start. He's like, or we can take the left, and it's going to take us to where I met the dogman for the first time. Uh, he's like, I just think like this would be maybe a good place to go. And we're like, yeah, we're just following you. You know, like you know the place better than us, and you know we're all about doing that. So cool. So we end up going back there. So we get to this place where there's like, if I'm coming around the the trail. It takes a hard left and starts going up a hill. So before the uh, hard left, there is just a hill that goes straight up with you know, full of trees in front of me. So we kind of stop in this place of the trail because Kyle's like, hey, I'm, let's go up to this water basin because I know it's up on this hill. So Tony decides to go with him and, and just scope it out. They're like, if anything's here, whatever, we'll let you know. It's not far. Um, and you guys can hang tight here. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get some beef jerky out or whatever, you know, yeah. try to you know, relax a little bit. Ward kind of walks off towards them. As I'm putting my bag down, I look and I've never seen anything like this in my life. A group of trees. And when I say the trees were big, I mean, they were big trees. These weren't like little pine trees that you and I could, you know, bend or right. move. These are big oak trees. 
I watched trees from the bottom shake and move like I've never seen mm. trees like that should. Hmm. And it threw me off because at first, like, you know, your mind's catching up to what your eyes are seeing. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, this is crazy. And I turn around and look. Christian's looking at me. I turn back around, and then we both see it. And this time it's even more violent. So now I'm like, are you seeing this? He's like, yeah, man. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. I'm so glad you're behind me because, like, I feel like if I would have told anybody, they think I was lying for the documentary yeah. or whatever. At least somebody else saw this. So we're like, oh, my God. Like, so we yell at Ward. Ward yells to them because he's further down. They come running down. What did you see? Like, I don't really know. I just saw trees that shouldn't bend and shake like that, bend and shake like that. And we were also looking from two different vantage points. So he was about 30 feet, 40 feet behind me. So when the way that he was looking up into the hill, he was looking kind of at the top of the trees. So the top of the trees were really bending down. <laughs> I'm sure. So I'm looking at the kind of bottom the base to the mid mm -hmm. which is still bending like trees shouldn't bend like they, they shouldn't do that yeah so tony comes running up he's like oh my god what'd you see kyle starts freaking out now i just want to put this in context like kyle is a good old boy he's been hunting for years and he's an expert tracker he breaks down it's like he has ptsd Right. He actually goes over. It's in the documentary. He he goes over and sits down on the trail, and he's like shaking, like he he he's not really there anymore. He he's said retreated. It, it, yeah, yeah. And something heavy, heavy, came over that area, to where it there was not a bird chirping anymore. There was no squirrel chatter or barking. None of that. It was. It was like absolute silence. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about being in the woods, if it gets real silent, generally means there's a predator around. An apex, yeah. Or, or you know, something's not right. Mm -hmm. So me being me, though, I'm like, I'm going to chase this thing down. Like, let's, <laughs> let's try to like, yeah. let's try to find this thing. So Christian's all about it too, as long as he's behind me. Yeah, so he's sure. like, <laughs> so yeah. he breaks out his camera and we convince like Tony that we're going off by ourselves, which in retrospect, Tony will tell the stories like, man, never should let you guys do that. We left without the walkies too. That's the best part. We, we brought the walkies. I was so jacked up about chasing this thing down that I left the walkie <laughs> talking. So if anything happened to us. Dead meat walking. Yeah. Right. So we go up around the bend and some odd things were happening. Some weird like pieces of trees were dropping down, you know, around us. It just, you know, again, it's definitely silent out there. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like something was there watching us. So we go all the way up around the hill because the plan was I'm going to go up this trail, go around the back end of the hill and kind of like, chase it back down where they're at <laughs> or whatever I thought I was going to do. Right. So we go up around the way 
And I kept telling Christian, I was like, it, it felt like something was suppressing me. Like I felt like my body was like being like mm. pressed to the ground. You know how you, you're like trying to walk in water? Heavy. It yeah. kind of felt like that, but like on my soul. Like yeah. Just, oh, gosh. Um, yeah. To my soul. It felt that way. It just felt heavy. Really so selling in the there, dark, man. So we get back there and, you know, we, you know, see if we can, you know, see if we see anything. At some point, the bird chatter, the bird chirping starts picking up a little bit. Okay. It felt a little lighter. So we did end up circling around to where the back end of that hill would be. But there's so much woods, man. There's no way really that we, whatever it was, could have easily gotten away, especially Mm -hmm. if, it was, I'm looking at something that was probably 40 feet away from me, and it was still, you know, I never saw what was moving the trees, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very dense in the area I was looking at, so it would have been easy for something to be behind something and shaking it. I think that it was probably trying to scare us off, for sure. Like, that's probably my best guess. We did go up around the trees, though, so I know the listeners now and i've heard the people talk because they'll break out the videos the <laughs> videos and they'll show the machinery listen i've seen the videos did the shaking look like something like that absolutely but there was no loggers back there we would have heard the machinery one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we walked up to the trees there's nothing around it if it was a human being that was moving trees like that a Get me involved with whatever magic they're involved. <laughs> yeah. With. Well, don't. But they definitely <laughs> were. They got, they got something going on that's metaphysical because nobody's moving those trees. Not unless it was, you know, Lou Andre the Giant son. Andre. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. If Andre didn't actually yeah. die, he's out there wandering, moving trees right. to scare people. <laughs> moving trees. Yeah. You know. He got sick of wrestling. He enjoys hide from a Hogan leg drop. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, man. again, none of that. We went up there. Ward went up there with the camera. We touched the trees. We moved over. You know, we made. We, we even walked up past that area, that past that line. We went up. You know, there's not. There was nothing there. Now, one of the theories that I do throw out there, and I'm gonna, it'll tie back in later, is Bigfoot. So, part there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings out there in the woods. A lot, right? One of the things that, you know, I, I, I'm a big proponent of, like, quantum Bigfoot in the way mm. that Bigfoot can move, slip in and out of our reality into a different reality and out again. Um, it could be that that's why it was able to get away so quickly because it shook the trees to scare us away from its kind of area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it slipped and it slipped away into some dimensional portal or whatever else, however they move. Right. So... Uh, that was one theory that I brought up at that particular point. Now, we didn't smell any of the typical Bigfoot smells that people say they smell, kind of that really, like, nasty, like, you know, uh, uh, how do they say it? Like, almost like a wet skunk, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah, skunk or whatever, you know, just very – we didn't have that heavy smell. So, again, let's let, let's take a break right there. Uh, if you're okay with that, we'll be right back, yeah. everybody. So.
We are now back with Joel Thomas. And he was just talking about tree shakings, quantum Bigfoot, no smells, and we're back in the story. My apologies. <laughs> All good, man. Um, so, yeah, there was just no smells out there. So it wasn't your typical, you know, your Bigfoot um, sighting. We didn't see Bigfoot either. Right. So I just I threw that out there to the crew because you know there's been a lot of incidences where people have seen bigfoot and it's done kind of scare tactics that run people off from its area you know mm-hmm. it's kind of got you know from, from all indications you know bigfoot especially if he's in his zone or her zone just to be fair mm-hmm. um to be in their zone um they don't really want people in their zone. They kind of, you know, do their own thing. They might have a little tribe, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to, you know, live in harmony with nature. Generally speaking, now there has been some, you know, the red-haired ones are t- typically a little more aggressive, um, which they can be. And I've have heard stories of um, Bigfoot's uh, getting aggressive and throwing things at people. Matter of fact, there's a story I heard about a guy who the or Bigfoot, one of the red-haired ones, threw a log at him, broke his neck. Oh, oh, gosh. And this is crazy. Now, this is how hardcore this guy is. And he lived in a cabin in the woods. Walked his walk back home, called the ambulance and cracked open a beer. Wait <laughs> on the on, on the porch and propped his neck up and propped his yeah, neck with a up neck yeah with a broke neck and waited till they got there but yeah his story is that Bigfoot um, was very aggressive so I have heard stories <laughs> of Bigfoot being aggressive I think in, in the in the higher percentile though Bigfoot's generally not um, I think maybe even the aggressive ones maybe the you know, what you call the teenagers. Maybe they're a little we, angsty. We, we talk about that a lot. <laughs> that it seems to be the ones that get caught, the ones that get seen, the ones that perpetrate these activities are the juvenile males. It really seems to right. be from just their physical appearance. They always seem to be that seven and a half to eight foot tall. They always yeah. are this triangular shaped Bigfoot. And they're like testing you. They're angsty teens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's my RP. So none of none of that stuff though, right? Yeah. There's no outside of this crazy tree shaking. And Christian actually said it later. And I didn't think about it until then. He actually attributed it to like an elephant bluff. If you've ever mm-hmm. seen an elephant's bluff. So that's how violent hmm. that the trees were shaking in front of us that t- to him, he attributed it to seeing video footage of elephant bluffs, like elephants trying to, you know, run people out of the area. And again, there was no sightings of anything, just the tree shaking, which was crazy enough. I mean, I still to this day don't know. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I run the gamut of possibilities. I still do. We, we all still talk about it. <laughs> um, Tony always laughs because he's like, yeah, of course, like when I walk off. He's like, you guys have the experience. Like, yeah. I'm like yeah, it's kind of how it happens. Like, you know, one of the 
biggest attractions, uh, I wouldn't say biggest, but you always got the, you know, the keyboard warriors that pop out with stuff sometimes. Um, they were like, now you need to get it on camera. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's how this stuff works, guys. Like, they know what's going on. Like, these these entities or whatever's out there, like, as far as, you know, cryptids, they're pretty smart. Like, they w- if they weren't smart, they would be we dead would all, or they would be, in be a zoo. dead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's a fact. Um, they probably understand what technology is at some point, I would think. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of stories about Bigfoot understanding where cameras are at on people's property, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if, if they're, if they're especially, you know, Danobu National Forest isn't a place, you know, where people aren't. You know, there's a lot of hunters out there. There's a lot of people that go hiking out there. There's a lot of people that do a lot out there. You know, matter of fact, you know, in some circles, people think that there's a lot of government activity deep in these national parks Mm -hmm. uh, as well. So uh, side note uh, for your listeners, if you ever see a brown sign outside of a national park which they all have them if you mm-hmm. ever you know like city, yeah you know like uh county signs city signs they're yeah. always brown yep uh it means that the un owns it the un so the un actually owns national parks it's not public knowledge though not like that like the united nations yes so it's not united yes. states property no not at all i don't like that me i mean either yeah I, we... also I know of people that have gone back there, and there is lots of UN vehicles in certain areas. They don't have your typical license plates. It's just a barcode. They're white vehicles, Ugh. and they'll be in just uh, a, a, a parking lot in the middle of these national parks. It's funny because one of the guys that told the story, he heard it from somebody else, and he was like, he didn't really take a lot of stock into it, but he was out in a national park with his buddy and it was getting kind of dusk and they were looking around and they ran up on one of these places. It was really weird. And they did. It was white vehicles with barcodes. So yeah, like I think there is a precedent for government activity in these areas. And if you watch the documentary, there's a part where government helicopters are flying over us. And this happened a lot after that incident which was pretty crazy. So where we were at, helicopters were flying over your head. Over us. Yeah. So definitely that was a little odd. Um, even for Kyle to bring it up, he's like, eh, it's just like third time. He's right. Like, I yeah. don't know if they're looking for whatever it was we ran across or, um, yeah, they were looking at us. Yeah. Were they keeping we were tabs here. on you guys? Well, you know, to them we're do, we're up to no good. Exactly. You know, yeah. Getting too close the... to some random metal door in the forest. <laughs> yeah. And they had candy in their vans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not the kind of candy you want, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> it never is. It's the kind of candy you're gonna take. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's an AK right behind that bag of candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by candy, a long syringe of. Right. Something. Shut up, juice. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and not the Luferigno juice either. Not the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we actually the next day, you know, we we go back. 
uh, we actually went up to the area. We found the area, so we let we leave there after this incident. Kyle started calming down. We got him a little bit calm. We go to the area that he originally ran across the dog man for the first time. Um, we get there. It's it's starting to get late, so we can't hike up there. If we hike up there, it's going to get dark by the time we get up there. You know, like, he doesn't want to be in the same spot. He ran across this dog man in the woods at night, and, you know, we're not prepared for this night trek. You know, we don't even have all the night gear, you know, all of the night vision or any of that stuff with mm-hmm. us. So uh, we decide to hike back. So it's, you know, we've been, I think that day we hiked 15 miles alone or I don't know, even know. It was a lot that day. Get back. You know, we end up, you know, getting some food, went in town, got some food. And by in town, it's like a, it's almost an hour to get into actual right. civilization. Like you got a few like little shops and stuff where you can grab some things, but most of them are closed down by a certain time at mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. You don't really have access to anything unless you've like bought stuff and we i don't think we even bought because i i did i like to grill and stuff and cook so like we had i don't think we'd even picked up anything yet so we went in town um got some food came back kind of processed that whole day next day kyle takes us to a whole nother area so some weird stuff happened then too so this is when we heard the helicopters for the first time several times we get into a spot now in the documentary uh, you'll see Tony flash the phone to the camera and it'll say my name and it'll say the knocking started. So when we get to this area where these like large uh, rock formations were at, so you climb these rock formations and sit up and kind of look over stuff. Um, I actually stayed underneath. They they were together. The rest of the crew was together with Kyle up high. I actually stayed down low because there was an area of the rock that was kind of I don't know. It was like a blind spot. I didn't like it if nobody was, you know, not looking out that area. Mm -hmm. So I'm down there um, with a shotgun and knocking starts again. Now, this is a part that I forgot to tell you about the first time. So after the tree shaking, there was a bunch of knocking and it was rhythmic. Mm. So it was in, in patterns. And I wouldn't say a lot of people say it happened in threes. I, I to be honest with you, I didn't count it out. So I don't know if they were in threes or not. But there was knocking. Now, we did get that on footage, and I believe it's pick, you can pick it up and hear it in the documentary. Um, but we do have the footage, and we listen to it, and it's definitely rhythmic knocking. Um, so the knocking did happen. That's the one piece I forgot I left out. And that's the part that Ward heard that he whipped the camera out when it started happening. Hmm. So the knocking happened after the shaking. That area tree shook twice, then the knocking started. So that was, again, a part of me that was thinking Bigfoot because I know – that's kind of synonymous to some Bigfoot sightings or, you know, Bigfoot howling or whatever yeah. is the knock. But again, it could have been anything. It's not like I saw Bigfoot. So I'm just, you know, it's mm-hmm. conjecture at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get out there. I'm down below this rock. This is the second day now. I hear the knocking. It's the same knocking that I heard. But we're not close to that spot. We are in a completely different area miles away from the spot where the trees were shaking. So now I'm thinking, is this thing like following us? Has Mm -hmm. it like figured out where we're at? It's been watching us this whole time. I don't know if you're, if you're talking about quantum Bigfoot, if you're talking about something that can move in and out of realities, maybe like, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Again, there wasn't any tree shake or anything at this point. 
And that's when I texted. I was like, I hear the knocking. They heard it up there, too. So it wasn't just me. I was a little closer to it. Uh, we hear the knocking for a little bit, and then it stops. It's uh, kind of out of nowhere. Now, I don't know why. Again, didn't see anything. Can't tie it to anything in particular. But it was odd. It was the same knocking we literally heard miles away on a different in a whole different area of the national forest right so we end up we're like we're gonna hike out of here we did some hiking nothing really else to see we get back and we're planning for our big trip that night so kyle's like i'm gonna tell you guys before i leave i don't think you should do it but you know we look at him like, well, we came out here. We're, we're <laughs> right, we're here. We're going to do it. <laughs> it's too late now. We already so have a hike this far. We get ready. We drive the truck down to that gate, and we hike in. It's all four of us. We we know now where we're going. We're going. So at this point, we're not going to where Kyle first ran a dog man. We're going to go back to the area where the shaking was at. Mm-hmm. We feel like that this was a hub for activity, especially with it feeling so heavy you know, it, it just, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dark Waters or not. Dark Waters is a, is a big uh, dog man, um, I guess, expert, right? He's, he's okay. had dog man encounters. He's got a pretty big podcast. Like, he, he centralized a lot of his stuff on dog man. So. Okay. I bring that up because he's in the documentary talking to us because Tony oh, okay. gets him up on 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 uh, the phone. He gives us a little, you know, what he thinks dog dog dogman is, and he kind of gives us a little few tips because he's ran into dogman. He said he'll never, and he went hunting it and he found it, and he's like, "I'll never do that again." That's <laughs> the dumbest thing. That I ever sounds did. like the biggest yeah. mistake of your life. Yeah, he he even told us that. He's like, I. I don't think you guys should do it. He's like, I'm praying for you guys. Um, he's like, if you run into it, he's like, he's, he, so he thinks his theory on dogman and all the research he's done, he says there's two kinds of dogman. Mm-hmm. There's the original dogman. They're still on this earth, but they were a p- part of the, uh, the crimes against creation. So mm-hmm. the fallen angels interbred with, you know, canines and created these dogmen similar to the Nephilim. He also said that there's a there's a second kind, which is government made, and they typically have some two to three uh, dark entities that follow it everywhere it goes. So it is connected to these dark powers, <laughs> um, but it is super angry. Because it didn't want to be created, and it is, and it just wants to rip up anything in its path. I don't. So he said it's made. the most dangerous kind. He said mm-hmm. the Nephilim kind is going to be skinnier. You know, they're pretty tall, but they don't. They'll kind of leave you. They they would have known to leave you alone. They're not actively like just trying to like rip you to shreds. He said where this other kind is like you know in the eight nine foot range, very big just like almost cartoonishly big like head like mm-hmm. what, what some people say they run into anyway that's just his theories he kind of of course he tells us this before we go out there <laughs> yeah so, so then 
I bring him up to bring up this because this is going to bring up something pretty uh, hilarious. So he tells us, he's like, listen, y'all don't be out there pissing. Y'all don't be out there doing anything like that. It's just going to piss it off. And he's like, because it's, it operates just like, you know, animals that mark their territory do, and especially dogs. He's like, this is not, like, hold it. Don't do it right. So fast forward, we get to the gate. Tony has not been able to take a crap this entire trip. Like, he just can't do it. Like, for some reason, he's like, stop mm-hmm. my house. Like, I just, he's, whatever. We get there. As soon as we pass the gate and start walking, he's like, oh, I think I got a crap, guys. Like, oh, gosh. I don't know if it was the adrenaline or, you know, that kind of fear factor that we're out there in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Literally scaring the crap out of him, right? So he's like, I'll be all right, then we'll push through. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so this hike into this area is not not short. It's like four miles in, you know what I mean, or more. Like, it, it's not a, a short hike to get into this area. So we get into the area, and, you know, yeah, we're, we're pretty crazy. We had meat that we uh, started, like, hanging up on the trees around the area. Uh, like fresh meat that we got. Um, we find a vantage point that we can sit with the night vision cameras. So as that's happening, Tony decides he wants to take a crap. Oh, so no. He finds an area in this weird little ravine, right? So <laughs> Ward has got the AR, and he's like well, kind of watching over him so nothing happens. But he like kind of walks up to me. He's like, I don't feel good about this, man. I mean, and this is like trained, like Ward's trained, man. Like he, he's grown up around guns his whole life. This guy is like a, like, I don't know, seven, eight years deep into jujitsu. Like we're talking highly trained. Mm-hmm. Like I think he told me one time that when he walks in a room, he knows that he could take out most of the people in there with his bare hands unless they are trained to. So like this guy's not, you know, he's not scared of a lot. Right. And for him to lean into me, like, some don't feel right. And I'm already like, this guy doesn't feel right. Maybe I shouldn't be feeling right either. <laughs> but I'm kind of hype. So I'm like, I'm. They, they say I'm like the daredevil of the team. Like, if somebody had to jump into a portal or whatever, I'd be the first one, like, diving in. Like, For some reason, I, I believe I that. Say, I don't get that impression at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, again, the heaviness kicks in. Everything starts getting quiet in the mm. area. Nothing, no chatter, no squirrel barking, nothing. So Tony kind of comes up from his whole thing. So here's Dark Waters telling us, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all boys don't be out there pissing now. And then he's taking a crap, like even worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, he, went, he went three steps past that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he comes up. And, you know, we got the night vision on the area because we've got the we, we've got trail cams up anyway, because we had those up from the other day. So we got these trail cams going for, you know, multiple days. Um, Ward and I are watching kind of their backs, kind of scoping the area. But we're the ones with the, you know, heavy artillery. And there's a moment where this. Again, it had been raining out there.
Okay, welcome back for the third time. We're ready to rock and roll. Tony's pooping in the woods. He just came back. <laughs> woods is getting quiet. Yeah, so Ward and I are looking. We hear thudding, circling us. So there's like thud, thud, thud to the right, and then it stops, and then thud, thud, thud in front of us, and then to the – it's like something's circling us. Mm-hmm. And again, it's gotten quiet. So it had been raining – and we hear the trees shaking again, but they're up above us this time. And in a straight line above us, we see water falling. Hmm. And then Ugh. it stops right above us and water drops on us. And then it stops completely. But it wasn't like all the trees were shaking around us and all the stuff was happening. It was literally a straight line. And it stopped immediately as it got above us. Hmm. So he looks at me and says, man... I don't know. So he's a big, like... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So we lean into them like, hey, something weird's going on here. And, you know, they're looking at the cameras, nothing. Like, we still don't see anything, but something's messing with us. Now, Ward leans to the idea. He thinks that it's an enchanted part of the forest. He thinks this Hmm. area may house a lot of different things. Mm Mm-hmm. He leans to the fey folk. He Uh leans to fairies. That it could even be fairies that shook the tree. It could be fairies that were messing with us above us, making sounds. I think, I don't even think it was one thing. I think it could have maybe been Bigfoot one time, could have been fairies another time, and could have been Dogman another time. You don't know, Uh right? Like, you don't know. It just felt that, that that area of the woods just seemed... Like, it was very highly active when it comes to, I guess, what people consider paranormal or cryptid activity, which I think it's all kind of intertwined, especially when you talk about metaphysical. Mm-hmm. I It could have been any of those things. So we stayed there for a little longer, and, you know, we ended up leaving kind of early in the morning. Uh, we got I think we got back around 4 or 5 in the morning. So we're out there all night. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The next day, Ward leaves in the morning. He's gone. So we got to go back out there and get the trail cams. It's just myself, Tony, and Christian at this point. We're going out to get the trail. We're, we're dog dead tired. We didn't want to go back out there. We're like, man, we've already walked like 20-something miles. We got to go back in here and walk another <laughs> like four. Screw that. Like, I don't want to do this. But we got to do it. We got to get the trail cams. You know, we don't know what's on them. There could be something on there, which it wasn't. There's nothing on there. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know, right? So we get out there, and I'm up there just kind of looking around the tree. I'm poking around. You know, they're getting they're getting the trail cams. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll poke around up here around the trees are shaking, you know, before and just see what's going on. Tony's like, hey, get over here. While he was pulling the trail cams, he kind of looked to his – and you know how you catch something out of your eyes, and then you mm-hmm. go to look, and then it's gone? Yes. Well, he catches – it looked like now there was a lot of trees that had fallen back there. But when I say fallen, they're kind of stacked on each other, so they were pretty high. There was like a gray, like I guess furry head that was looking at him above the tree line. And he said it had to be super tall to see him. He looked over and it went away. Like he either dropped down or went off. So mm. I'm up there and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm gonna go. And try to find it. Like so I go like chasing this thing <laughs> down that I don't know if it's there or not by myself. 
So I run off in the woods. I'm looking around. And again, here we go with the quietness. Nothing. You know, it, 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 every time like something happened, there was nothing. Like it, every just got super quiet. But get back there. And this is another thing that makes me think that at least maybe there was a Bigfoot out there. I don't know if all the incidents were Bigfoot or if any of them were, but I did run across your typical teepee structure mm. that they say that Bigfoot built. Mm-hmm. So these were massive trees that were like put together in a teepee structure. Like no, you and I couldn't do it. There's no way. Even a big dude couldn't do it by himself. You'd have to have several guys trying to like do it. And even then, just the way that they were pressed up against the tree. These were two big fallen trees that were put up against one tree that was still alive to make this teepee structure. And then underneath it, there was a lot of like little sticks and and, and, and leaves. And it, it kind of was like a bedding, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I see this. And, of course, the one day I didn't bring my phone on me, I can't take a picture of it. And I'm out here and I'm like, I can't. You know, people think I'm lying again, but I'm out there. I'm seeing this and I'm like, it's, it's very Bigfoot. Like this kind of seems like something that I've heard people talk about, like this teepee structure. So I didn't see anything outside of that, which was weird. Uh, well, obviously, Tony saw some gray head looking at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like a gray alien head. Let's get right. that out of the way. It wasn't like big eyes or something like that. And clearly it was like something tall that was looking at him over and I from what I remember him saying it was like it seemed like it was furry to yeah, him I was say. Did, but I don't know mm-hmm. um yeah I have to ask him again exactly about that um but I get back I tell him about it um you know they're like yeah, I don't know like again just more questions than answers at mm-hmm. so you know we get back um and that pretty much wrapped up the trip. Like that was uh, the trip. A lot of weird stuff. A lot of weird stuff that didn't make the documentary. And that's why I like to do these uh, podcasts with people and tell them, you know, what I saw, what I witnessed. There was a lot of just weird stuff that happened that was outside the documentary. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff in between uh, that doesn't make the show. Yeah. I was gonna say, right. everybody at home, just so you know, I a hundred percent always believe Joel. Like. This is amazing, and I'm just I'm I'm awestruck. I'm in this position. Dogman is the cryptid that probably scares me the most, and I don't know how you afford pants <laughs> uh, for multitude of reasons. But I have I have a couple notes or questions, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the helicopters and the, the like. Basically, UN trucks and the monitoring of this activity. Do you think mm-hmm. they're there to monitor? Because we've kind of we've kind of covered this a couple times. Uh, I'm trying to think. Missing uh, Bigfoot, Missing Four One is an episode on our podcast. Mm-hmm. They kind of cover this kind of stuff with government officials being out in the middle of the national forest. Do you think that the cryptid, in particular, the dogman in this example, are what they're out there monitoring? Or do you think it's a side effect of what they're monitoring? So I don't know. Like, I think there may be both. It mm-hmm. could be. Um, you know, I also think that they're, they, I don't even know if they, I think they could monitor these things to a point. Um, now, 
my belief is there's it's a combination, right? Like I'm not sold on any one type of cryptid. And mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. by that is some people think they're solely metaphysical. Some people think they're solely physical. Some people think it's government made. Some people think that it's, you know, fallen angel inbreeding. I think it's a combination of all of it. I don't think you can disprove or discredit any of those theories. And I think it could literally be all the things I just said, because mm-hmm. I think that the metaphysical part of it, I think you've got entities that can disguise themselves as cryptids, make themselves look like certain things. I think that you probably do have government activity and government testing, creating things that probably shouldn't be created. Yes. Um, I've even got a theory about meat sacks to where the government creates meat sacks that entities can control. And I've heard of Bigfoot being a part of some of that testing Hmm. as well in some cryptids. So it would be organically based if it was created as a meat sack that could be controllable. Hmm. So you've got that part of it too. Um, And then I think that there are cryptids that just exist. They are Mm -hmm. very smart and know how to hide. I think it could be a combination of all those things. Now, when you're talking about national parks and you're talking about the UN, you're talking about any kind of government testing, I mean, clearly, you know, they would probably track things that they created, or if they know of certain things, they would track it to a point. But I think they're more concerned about people that would find these things, and that's why they track them. They they could have been very concerned with us being out there and looking and getting close to something. So I think that that part of it, they do for sure track. They don't listen. There's a reason why there hasn't been really any Bigfoot footage or Bigfoot pictures or cryptid pictures in general. It's not because people haven't caught it. I think they have caught these things on camera. I just think the government's gotten a hold of it. It's like anything you talk about aliens or men in black, like, and I know you guys talk a lot about men in black. Yes. They come and get this stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, if you have stuff on your if you have stuff on your computer, they can backdoor your server and get it off. Right. Like, oh, there's yeah. ways that they can do it. It's so it's easy they now. Got, right. So it's not like it's it, it's not like they can't blackmail you. It's not like they can't do certain things. Maybe they let you keep it. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? But if you release it, you're gonna come home one day and there's gonna be a bunch of kitty porn on your computer mm-hmm. and you'll be You'll go away forever. Forever. So I don't, again, I don't think that things haven't been caught on camera. Like, I I think it has. Um, But that's why you're not getting the good footage, right? You're Mm -hmm. not getting it because, you know, and maybe there's, you know, there's been talks of, like, families of Bigfoot that interact with people. Right. People that Mm -hmm. talk about it where they've. You know, I heard a story about a lady that would go down by a creek and the Bigfoot family, it was four of them, there were two kids and then two adults, would allow her to interact with them as long as she didn't cross like the the the, the, the creek to their area. Mm-hmm. They let her chill out over there and just watch the kids play and hang out. So I don't think that, again, it's all metaphysical. I mean, there's been too many stories of people seeing these things. I think there is a legitimate case for it being a an actual cryptid, an actual some sort of animal ish type of thing that fits in our biosphere. And I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly. Right. There's a 
I, I think you got to look at it as an individual cryptid basis. We were literally had an mm-hmm. episode today, which I won't spoil for anybody, but we were talking about some of these cryptids, like you were saying, fit in the biosphere, so animals that biologically make sense in our world. And then you have cryptids right. that just flat don't. Like I, we've been, we haven't done an episode on it yet, but we've been talking about it a lot. Like the screaming maggot of Indiana is literally a mm-hmm. maggot the size of a dog that screams at people. It's been seen multiple times. It doesn't make. It does not make sense. Right. But and 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 that's the thing. You're totally right, though. Like when it comes to cryptids, we don't know enough about it. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think there's people out there that know a lot about it? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're not letting us know about it, mm-hmm. but I think there's people out there that know a lot about it, where it's coming from. Um, do I think like some of this stuff is portal activity? Yes, absolutely. I think some of the stuff's covered from portals. Um, also, there's a crazy Bigfoot theory going around right now um, from our good buddy Eric mm-hmm. that will be on our next Monday's episode of Kill the Mockingbirds. It's called the Bigfoot Frequency. And this is a theory that, man, you talk about blowing my whole cat back when he broke this down. Nobody's ever done this before. And I feel like Eric needs to coin it. Like, he needs to, like, be like, hey, this is my theory. Nobody's got it. Because, like, it, it the way he broke it down was in a way I never heard it before. And we've, we've heard all heard the quantum Bigfoot stuff. We've all heard yes. a lot of the metaphysical portal stuff. But he's got this thing that's just, you guys are going to be blown away. Oh, I, I can't, can't wait. wait to hear it. Yeah. You're going to look at Eric in a different way. You're really going to be like, like Eric should do like the straight up uh, Conor McGregor strut, like yeah. <laughs> the way the no, way that he came out with this. Let's not let's not let Eric's head get so big. <laughs> <laughs> but I really oh, we'll uh, bring we'll bring it down during the conference. Oh we'll yeah, bring it down. really, we really do love Eric, and I cannot wait to hear it. Uh, I'm so excited. Oh, me too. Yeah. You said sure. some, you said um, something earlier too about like the government having meat sacks for you know these yes I don't know what you could say entities or even demons to control. Um, do you think yeah, there's so? I was gonna ask you. Do you think there's any correlation with where they see sometimes uh, dogmen, sometimes Bigfoot, sometimes other creatures having these like glowing red eyes? Mm, do you we, think? Yeah. Do you think Absolutely. there's any connection to that like government part of it? Like where it's, the, the, oh, yeah. and rather than being actual beings, they're created beings. It could be for sure. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to that government piece of, you know, texting and whatever else. Now, if we're talking about actual meat sacks, my theory okay. is that the government is in coordination with fallen angels to take over this globe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been the fallen angels kind of get from the get-go, right? They, mm-hmm. they want to shoot a middle finger to God. So mm-hmm. that, that's their deal. Mm-hmm. They got to coordinate with people that believe in their cause. Mm-hmm. I think fallen angels have also disguised themselves as aliens, and they have, or they work with governments to do so. Now, I think the elitists of the elitists understand what these beings actually are, and they're pretty cool with it. Whereas I think there's certain levels of the government that have interaction with these beings but don't really know what they are. They think they are extraterrestrials, and Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of their game. Also, understand something about angels in general. 
they would be considered extraterrestrials to us because that's how our minds would be able to understand yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Their 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 concept of technology is far beyond what ours could ever be. You got to understand, angels have been around since before the earth was created, mm-hmm. so they've watched God create, right? Mm-hmm. So they've seen creation, everything. Now I want to break down creation a little bit to you, and in, in, in the God concept, so God in his creating of the earth and that there's a science to it just like all the way down to our smallest molecule and atom there's a science to it Mm -hmm. so the supernatural or what we consider the supernatural is actually science there's a science to it i always bring up uh uh the thor concept of from marvel so like thor talks about like he to to people that this is magic but it's just science he just we understand it differently where we're at so in saying that the book of enoch talks about how that fallen Okay, guys, welcome back. We just had a very weird glitch in our system. A whole system is shut down. I've never had that happen before, but apparently Joel has a little bit of a history. If you want to know more about that, go to Eric's show, Uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but I'm a little weirded out by that. Nah. Yeah, Jay doesn't care, because Jay didn't live here. No, I care. No, it's nothing here. It's nothing here, like in this... It's it's through the interwebs. But we were just talking about fallen angels or demons making deals with government. Some of the government knows who they are. They don't care. That kind of stuff. I think. As long yeah. as all the audio made it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, essentially, you know, my running theory is what I, what I was just saying that, you know, fallen angels are going to present themselves as the demons or the aliens of old, the gods of old that help create us. Mm-hmm. It's part of the game. Um, to the meat sacks, though. So I think that great yes. aliens are meat sacks. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think fallen angels can present themselves in any form. Mm-hmm. That's more of your metaphysical alien forms. But people have had, you know, interactions with physical gray alien forms I think they're meat sacks, and I think they're inhabited by the demon entities who used to be the Nephilim. So if you know anything about the Nephilim, the Nephilim uh, could essentially, the first you know run of them could live forever because they had alien, you know, uh, DNA, not alien DNA, but fallen angel DNA. Right, their uh, DNA. God put, a cap, God put a cap on her in the Bible, if you know about that, the 120 years. When it got to 120 years, the body died out, and what was left was the demonities that roamed the earth. They're kind of like the do boys for the fallen angels, right? They're the they're the ones that attach themselves to people. It's you know, if you know about Jesus in the Bible, when he went at it with the legion, which was the legion of it, 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 demons that was inside the one guy. That's what they are. They're always looking for a host body. Mm, so okay. it's better if there's a host body created for these entities to kick it in. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to fight with like a soul, right? They got, it's just a, 
it's just a meat sack body. Mm-hmm. Right? You a can, vessel. You can make a meat sack of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they make meat sacks of Bigfoot? What if they make meat sacks of cryptids? I mean, I'm not saying all cryptids are this. Don't get no, me wrong. No, right, right. right. I, but, get, yeah. I, but I'm saying they needed a cryptid to do something that was, you know, not kosher. Right, yeah. Uh, they could. But I think your gray aliens fall in that category. But back to the technology piece, uh, fallen angels in the way that they operate uh, and angels in general, they understand the, the science behind creation. They understand the science behind, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. They have a way, you know, to us, again, we, they would be tr- extraterrestrials, evolved extraterrestrials, what they present themselves to be. Um, and that's how they work with governments and how they, you know, work with, you know, these behind the scenes groups to, you know, give us this technology. It's a trade off. Mm-hmm. They want to get access to the women. They want to create more Nephilim. That's what they do. Um, which if you want to hear about that, uh, check out Portal Babies, which will be out next Monday on Eric's podcast, Uncomfortable. That's where I go real deep on what portal babies are he's texting me right now (laughs) yeah i actually shot him a text i was like dude seriously like i started tapping in just a little bit into what we talked about and it was their their whole thing went on the fritz i was like it's insane um it like no lie just your listeners when i did the podcast with him we had to restart 10 times um to uh record this um i recorded it uh, I had two separate recordings with me that I needed to send them in two parts. When I sent it to them, they both came out to 20 minutes flat. Neither recording was 20 minutes flat. One was 27 minutes. The other was an hour and 28 minutes. They were not close to 20 minutes flat. They both showed up to him 20 minutes flat with a bunch of it gone and erased. So and weird. We send it to him. Uh, um, so, yeah, they don't like me talking about this because there is some validity to I it. I wonder um, why. Right, right. So, yes, to the meat sacks, I do think that there is a uh, there's a DNA process to it. Uh, maybe not like the soul. There's no soul, right? It's just a meat a sack, puppet, but mm-hmm. it's created with all of yeah. It's a neat puppet meat sack that these things can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be shocked at probably what kind of what meat sacks are made of. Probably even people at this right. point mm-hmm. too. Right. So, but I. Yes, cryptids, that has been a huge thing that I've been on. I can't remember. I, I heard some uh, cryptid uh, guys. Uh, maybe it was a Hollow Earth podcast with Tony that I listened to, and guys were talking about meat sacks, and it really got me down this rabbit hole of meat sacks. So I started doing a lot of research <laughs> on it. It's something I'm highly interested in. I'm very interested in Nephilim, very interested in Fallen Angels, and, and the correlation in now and what that is bringing about. Um, I think it all ties into cryptids too. I think that's it all comes together. The paranormal, the Stranger Things activity um, that mm-hmm. goes on. Um, I think the show Stranger Things is just but a small portion of what's really going on in the world. Right. I don't mm-hmm. think we. That's just fun and games compared to what's really going on, and that kind of leads me into my upcoming documentary, which will be out at the end of October. First of November, we haven't got a, a drop date for it yet. It should be on all streaming platforms, Amazon Prime, all that. Which the Dogman documentary, Expedition Dogman, is soon to be 
on all platforms as well. So you'll be able to rent it on Amazon Prime and uh, some of the other ones. Uh, we, we're working with the aggregator right now, so we don't have all the details yet. Um, but it's no longer on YouTube. So if you're looking for it there, it won't be there anymore. It did really well in its first run there. Um, I think it hit close to 200,000 views. Oh, nice. Uh, just in like Amazing. a month or so. Um, so, you know, people really are about cryptids. Um, but to the new documentary, without giving anything away, we did go out towards Skinwalker Ranch. We did go hunting skinwalkers. We did have some absolutely unbelievable experiences, um, some of which did make the film. So that will be something that we can kind of be like, ha we got some stuff for you guys. <laughs> so you can't say we didn't get anything on camera. Um, we stayed at a place that was close to the actual Skinwalker Ranch. I won't get into details about where everything's at. Cause, don't uh, give them, don't give them nothing. But it's going to be wild. And the stuff that happened, and I, 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 I know you know, mm -hmm. Justin, you and I have talked on the phone, so you know how wild this is going to be. I'll say um, to everybody at home, you need to watch this. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm having a blast out here hunting cryptids. I'm having a blast making music that's very anti the system. If you didn't get from the drift of some of the stuff I'm talking about, <laughs> very yes, anti the system. Um, very pro people. Um, I love people for the most part. Um, I don't hate anybody. I, I dislike some people on this earth, but I, I don't hate anybody. Um, I want us all to grow and build, you know, I, I think that we can. And I think just us having conversations like this mm -hmm. um, is helping that process. I think us uncovering the truth about cryptids also leads us down to the rabbit holes to understand the truth about what's going on in the world. Yep. Um, what, what I don't want people to do, and a lot of people do, they dichotomize um, government conspiracies from cryptid or paranormal conspiracies it's all connected guys mm -hmm. the, all the government loves that stuff believe me they're trying to reverse engineer it like i said stranger things is just that's nothing that's just scratching the surface yep tip of the iceberg really going on in the world what they're trying to do um if it is what i say and they are in league with these fallen angels and they are trying to suppress humanity down um it's a lot scarier than you think. Not that you should be scared if you're rolling on the right team. Um, you shouldn't be scared at all. You should mm -hmm. be pretty okay with what's going on. Um, but um, that's where uh, that's what I got. What's what I got tonight, guys? Loved it, Joel. That was amazing. Yeah, loved your story. Very good. Well, I think that's a perfect spot to end it. Everybody, once again, you need to watch Joel's documentaries. Uh, he's an amazing guy. You just got to watch this stuff. I know stuff that I cannot share and I will not share. So don't bother <laughs> emailing me. But it's go it's great. I cannot wait for it to come out. Mm -hmm. Joel, you want to extend our cryptos to the corn. Thank you. You're now a corn colonel with us. Uh, but thank you for yes, this amazing, this amazing night. Oh, I had a blast, guys. Uh, really did. Um you know, I got a lot of love for what you guys do. We loved having you on our show. 
um i can't wait to see you guys here next month so yeah next month fun. oh yeah um we're gonna have a good time uh and talk cryptids mess with eric oh yeah um, <laughs> two of our favorite things sure. <laughs> 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 he doesn't listen to the show anyway so it's all good all right yeah <laughs> He listens, the first five minutes. I was going to say, he listens to the first five minutes and he coats off so he can at least tell me what this week's topic was about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody at home, I've been the mighty and powerful oh, God. Mr. E. And I've been Jay. And I've been Emily. <laughs> and I'm Joel Thomas. And together this week, we're Chris with Corn Podcast. We'll catch you next week with more monsters and mysteries from around the world. All right, guys. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.